0: Maybe this is a good place to start. I want to be really transparent with the fact that as this episode is being released, I am probably going to be somewhere with a Negroni in my hand. <laughs>
1: yeah. I figured that you might be enjoying the holidays that way. I'll be having some sort of hot chocolate with some Baileys in it at some point. I don't drink regularly, like it's it's maybe I like think I'll drink on a monthly basis, but I think any alcohol I have this month will be with some Baileys and some hot chocolate. Nice. And I think that sounds like a lot of fun.
0: I mean, when I say transparent, I mean, I'm not trying to hide the fact that I'm enjoying a drink, like absolutely not. Um, But yeah, just...
1: I I was thinking about this today too. Um, Like people... I don't know I feel like I get imposter syndrome when I try to pretend like I'm doing perfectly and stuff like that I never have any cookies or any drinks or anything like that and I that's just not the reality of the my world
0: what do you say we jump off with that
1: so I'm in the middle of redoing my group coaching program and yep. I was and I'm finally getting back to it after my life blew the fuck up this year and I it's really cool to like look at okay, what does everyone need to be consistently doing and all that sort of stuff? And I was thinking about like, okay, what's the timeline people need to follow? And I'm trying to make a general thing. But one of the problems is that there is no, like everyone has a different journey, but also where you end up is constantly growing. And I feel like even now, I'm still learning new things about food in my recovery that I didn't know back then. And then my recovery, I don't know, how I eat food, it changes all the time. Like how I ate last week is not how I eat this week. And it mm. just depends on your needs and stuff like that. And it's not perfect. I don't know. I had a lot of pumpkin pie last week. It's just, that's cool.
0: <laughs> that, that's great because pumpkin pie is amazing.
1: The reason I'm bringing it up is that I hear a lot of people, what I see a lot of people do in Believe Me Recovery is they expect to get to this perfect way of eating and there is no destination and that it never ends up being perfect. And then you will slide a little bit. Like, full disclosure, I had... Pumpkin pie last week, a lot of it with my parents. It was was a great holiday. But then I think all the sugar made me kind of want more and more sugar. And then I ended up eating Sunday, was it? Yeah. I was having like I was coming home and I had a whipped can. This is like so embarrassing, but it is the reality, right? I had a whipped cream (laughs) can in my my car like my parents like any parents they gave me this whole grocery bag full of food that they weren't going to keep and like the, so there's like shortbread cookies in there whipped cream and I started well it was totally innocent but I started taking a little whipped cream and eating a plate of shortbread cookie and then but it didn't even taste good at that point I was just like I'm unconsciously eating this doesn't feel as good so I went from last week like being a little lax with the sugar and had that moment but then I was like oh we're just going back to old habits and like this week it's been fine I kind of just I'm like I'll have some more cookies later this weekend but like to have a few days so I don't know what the point of this is hopefully we're podcasting but the reason I'm saying it is that like you have moments even when full recovery where you get a little weird with food and you need to reel back in and I think yeah I could have looked at that moment and been like oh my god you're totally relapsed and I was like no you just you just feel like you need to just take a break. That's all.
0: You, you just ate yeah. something a bit weird. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, um... so, something that I, I asked uh, a client of mine the other day was like, you know, they were talking about something very similar. Like, oh, I did this with food. Like, is this a problem? And I asked like, well, you know, if you had had no history of disordered eating, no stress around food or anything like that, and you did exactly what you described just now, would it be like a big deal or would it just be I had a weird moment with food and then moved on with my life?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I think
0: some of the things with binge eating and and struggling with these things is the way that one thing kind of leads to another and it becomes this whole big spectacle. It's not just like I sat in my car and put whipped cream on a bit of shortbread for a moment (laughs) R- realized yeah. it wasn't that great so stopped it's like when when something like that is a problem it's like yeah I started off with sitting in my car putting whipped cream on shortbread and then it became this whole ordeal
1: it was it was while driving and I legit like whipped cream and <laughs> oh like did God. this and then I bought <laughs> and then it was just like the combo eating it was it was very it was a little bit disassociative and that's what freaked me out a bit about it but it like you said if you don't have a history of disordered eating you just like oh yeah you're a bit like fuck it eating and that happens every once in a while and it's fine but for me and i think sometimes what when those symptoms of weird eating keeps coming up is like that day i had been i had no time alone i was like with my parents the whole time and like i just needed a break and I also had been eating a lot of sugar and had nothing really filling that day no stable meals so it's like Mm. of course that happens after a long day and then it's just like no big deal you know and you don't have I think what makes it worse is like you're saying when you put so much pressure on it and you associate it with all these things then you're like oh my god this is gonna keep on happening and I just I've been fine yeah. You know, and it's it's cool, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be this awful thing. And sometimes that's okay to do, honestly. Like who doesn't sometimes just put the whipped cream can in their mouth? <laughs> You don't do that? Are you even human?
0: <laughs> I know. Well, recently I've had these couple of moments where I've been going through one of my licorice all sorts like seasons. Like licorice oh, okay. and licorice all sorts, it's like one of my favorite things in the world. Um, so I'll buy like a packet of those. And eat them obviously, rather than like plant them in the garden or whatever else that other people <laughs> are, other people are doing with like sorts. But
1: Put them this... in weird spaces around my house and <laughs> wait for my wife to find them. Like, yeah.
0: Well, it's it wouldn't be the weirdest thing we've done, but there's this thing that I do that every time I do it, I still kid myself a little bit, and like if mm. I've finished like a long day where I've been doing a bunch of work maybe haven't had the biggest lunch in the world and I'm kind of hungry and I really just want to have some like licorice all sorts, I'll be like, I'm gonna open the packet and just have one or two while I cook dinner. And I lie to myself constantly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like this <"That> just <laughs> I open the packet and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna have one or two while I cook dinner. And inevitably I end up eating more than I planned. And then getting to dinner and being like, uh, I'm definitely not as hungry as I was a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. And then getting to after dinner when I was saving the licorice all sorts for to kind of have for while I was watching TV or something. And I'm like, oh, I've eaten them already. <laughs> so I've eaten
1: it all, yeah. Yeah,
0: I've I've eaten yeah. them already. But like once upon a time, that would turn into a whole lot of guilt, a whole lot of shame thinking fuck it you know i've screwed it anyway i may as well dig through the kitchen and find everything else to eat um, i'll make an evening of it i'll go to the shop i'll get more and then i can just be perfect tomorrow and for the rest of my life but it's it's not it's just not that i anymore. love that i'll just
1: be perfect for tomorrow and the rest of my life this will never yeah. happen again the denial <laughs> is so strong <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's great. super 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 strong like yeah king of yeah. denial but now this is like okay I've done it again. I'm gonna do my best to maybe not do this tomorrow, um, with mixed success, and <laughs> then continue along with my life. Like it, it's it's an imperfect process, and the relationship with food is imperfect. But kind of if it was anything but imperfect, then it would resemble something. That is really high pressure and high stress, and it would become disordered eating again. So, right. yeah, there's that. Bad. There's that difference between totally dysfunctional and constructively imperfect.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. There's my mind is fraying off into two spaces with this. I really want to ask you like what makes the difference now so that you don't be that crazy person that's like oh I'll just have a whole binge and then I think it's the black and white mindset that you've removed yourself from that doesn't allow you to do that but the other question I'm more interested in is does this still make us because we both do this sort of crap um you know healthy and I think it does um the the answer but because like to if you don't have any space for that in your life, um, that means that you're either deeply disordered or you're a competitor of some sort, right? You're a professional athlete and there's no wiggle room for some licorice or like whipped cream moments every once in a while. You just, you cannot do that stuff um, when you're training and trying to be this like certain body fat percentage. But I feel like people might hear that and be like, oh, well, making mistakes like that with food isn't healthy. And it's like, I don't know. I think you can be pretty healthy depending on what your goals are with those moments occasionally.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like one of the key ways that my perception of food has changed over the last five years has been to understand that eating one thing that might be regarded as, you know, what some people would call unhealthy doesn't discount the benefit of other healthy foods that you've eaten throughout the day. And Mm -hmm. when we see long-term kind of chronic health problems where diet is a contributor, it's usually because certain foods that don't have much nutritional value are taking the place of foods that otherwise would have a lot of nutritional value. So it's that whole overfed, undernourished thing if someone's mm-hmm. if someone's getting all their fiber their vitamins and minerals their protein all that kind of stuff if someone's got a balanced diet and they have some licorice or some whipped cream on a biscuit while driving like it's not <laughs>
1: it's there weren't that many people on the road to be fair I mean,
0: but <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i just admire the multitasking a uh, bit yeah. the um yeah those kind of things they're not going to all of a sudden make you like unhealthy. I, don't, I again, a client talked to me about this this week. They were like, I have like an ice cream a day. Is mm-hmm. that bad for me? I'm like well it, we we it it turned into this whole big conversation where we were putting it into perspective, like, okay, what other stuff are you eating throughout the day? And there mm-hmm. was like vegetables and all all this other like fruit and all this other wonderful stuff. And then it's like, is that ice cream leading to a binge? Like, no. Is it an ice cream that's the size of an NBA basketball player? No, like it's a regular, <laughs> yeah. it's a regular side, like small ice cream. Like it's it's not a problem. What do you, mm-hmm. what do you kind of feel about this kind of stuff? Like as you're making these choices now, how do you feel about the, the role that they play in your life and where they fit in as far as you're. Approach to food is concerned.
1: Yeah, I think I align pretty closely with you. I I think with the the daily ice cream thing, um and that's what sort of, like some this week. I think sometimes I my body will more hardcore correct. So since that like whipped cream shortbread, I've just kind of taken like a little pump the brakes on sugary foods. But I I have an event this weekend. Fully planning on if there's like maybe some cake or something to have it, you know, so it's not like I'm taking a break forever. Um, because that's unrealistic, but I think having, you know, a daily thing of ice cream or whatever, it's not a big deal, like you said, as long as you're getting the other stuff in. And I think more so people try to like remove stuff rather than add healthy things in. Mm-hmm. I was listening to this book, it's by the owner or creator of Whole Foods and a few other people that created it but um he talks about this like the whole foods plant-based diet or whatever and it's not a fully plant-based diet it's um about 90 percent where they say like have some meat or animal products added in and that the principles of the book are very straightforward which is you know have mostly whole foods mostly plant-based and that'll be fine i can't take myself seriously with this just like
0: it's a great hat you gotta leave it keep it
1: (laughs) when people listening i'm wearing a santa hat and it keeps every time i move my head it keeps (laughs) moving around but anyway i think like the the principles of health of course there's certain things depending on what's going on with your body like if you're a diabetic having a daily ice cream probably not the best thing to be doing but yeah yeah For the majority of people, right, as long as you're relatively healthy, having that combined with the other foods, like making sure you're getting whole foods in throughout the day, some good meals, you're probably going to be fine. And then you're getting daily physical activity. And then I think we underestimate a lot how much just our community helps us um, be healthy and like being around people and not being alone, um, having that. Uh, I don't know. People think like, I just have the perfect diet. It's like, no, it's really like your stress levels and how you're living. And are you moving? I mean, for me and your job too, it's so stationary. I like, think that's the hardest yeah. challenge. Is, like
0: like yeah, getting
1: absolutely. up and moving around. That's more important to me right now than my diet sometimes.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm right there with you. Like, I'm constantly um, on calls, working on Canva, video editing, audio editing. Like, you know how it is. Like, all this kind of stuff. And, yeah. It's an ongoing thing for me to be like, oh, I need to be, or not even need, like I want to be more physically active outside of the right. intentional moments during the day that I spend doing a training session or walking the dog. Uh, but it would be really easy for me to start stressing about that and beating myself up and going down that same self-criticism and, and guilt path that I was on for so many years with exercise and everything, because I still have some things that I'm navigating with exercise myself. Like, to be honest, my relationship with food is much more chill than my relationship with exercise. Like my relationship with exercise has come a long way, but it's kind of like my ongoing project. I still have bits and pieces to do with my relationship with exercise. So it's really... Mm easy for me to start going oh I should be moving more I should be doing this but that's when I like that term you use like pump the brakes I need to be like okay um, this is kind of the best that I can do right now given my commitments and responsibilities and everything therefore it's I'm gonna have to make peace with that like in a good way like that's that's fine I'm doing the best I can in this moment in this particular season of my life so let's just keep going.
1: I love that I'm doing the best of I can given all my commitments and responsibilities. And that's yeah, so true. I was talking to someone who he wants to start moving more, but he's a father, has a business, has a lot of business commitments right now, and doing all the stuff. And it's like, you know, can you make more space in your life right now for movement on top of what you're already doing? It's like, I really don't, don't want to give up anything right now. It's like, okay, then. Then you don't beat yourself up for it. Just kind of put it on the back burner and move when you can and then do the things you have to commit to. And again, none of us are, we're not professional athletes. We're not paid to look a certain way or do certain things. If I were getting paid my income to run marathons, you bet your ass I would be doing that all the time, but I'm not. You know, it's
0: like, that's not
1: the thing. Yeah. We have to be adults, you know?
0: 100%. Like you and I are not getting paid to go to the gym and, get our meal prep done and everything like that that's not not what we're doing and that's what although you know, most people i have been doing.
1: thinking about how people that live longer and that sort of stuff and longevity how if you really do want to be healthy you probably have to set up your life different because that the same on the same side of the coin that client that wants to move more his life isn't set up in a way that is helpful for him him long term so even though it's a season of life that he's busy and he shouldn't have any shame for that at some point he was talking about how people have to change he will have to yeah he some things so that he can take care of his health you know and for us like I was thinking about okay if I want to live a life where I'm more active and I'm not constantly staring at a screen then I, I have to change up what I'm doing so bad. I don't know what the solution is and how to do that but it doesn't I don't know I think the same side of it we get so caught up in like, oh, we just have to do whatever society tells us to make money. And it's like, I don't know, that's kind of killing us slowly. We can can figure (laughs) out some other way to do it, you know?
0: Yeah, I hear you. I (laughs) definitely made some changes in terms of like training philosophy and exercise philosophy and everything. Getting away from that bodybuilding mentality and focusing more on fit, just general fitness and conditioning in a way that you know, with things that I can set up in a home gym. So one of the big steps that I've taken is to set up a small space in my house where my training happens now, rather mm-hmm. than commute to the gym, do a workout, shower, get changed, commute somewhere else, whatever. Like that. that's just, that has been a no-go for me for a long time. Uh, once I realized, uh, back in like 2019, like you kind of know, once I realized that I'd spent 40 minutes a day walking to and from the gym, just that 40 minutes, just walking to and from the gym. That's like, all right, that's time that I need to be putting elsewhere. And even though it was walking, it's like, you know, I need to make this more accessible and put it in my house. And so, yeah, there are definitely changes. I'm going to put my cat in the kitchen because she's sitting right right outside my office door, just screaming. This is the moment where I came back after needing to put my cat in the kitchen.
1: Anyways, but there's so, lessons from this year ties into yeah. the subject somehow.
0: Awesome. Do you want to go? What have, what's been on your mind as far as the biggest lessons from this year?
1: <laughs> the first thing I wrote in my notes was, fuck, what a year. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, but like, if you, for people listening, like, I just um, this year, I feel like I made a ton of progress in my business. Um, But I also, my life completely blew up in the fact that I ended a 10 year relationship and like so many unexpected things happened and I moved. But, um, and there's a lot of lessons to be taken from it. But I think humility probably has been a big part of this year and really, truly accepting constantly forever that I don't know anything. And like, not that, you know, I live in a constant state of not knowing what's going on, (laughs) but there's a little bit of idea of, wow, every single year, things are going to change. What you think your life is going to look like is probably never actually what it's going to be. And it's going to be always evolving and you'd have to have humility to grow. And even like with my recovery process, like this year challenged me a lot in my recovery when I had the breakup and everything, I was struggling a lot with restriction and then like suddenly wanting to binge and purge again a lot. And I really had to grapple with my own identity, who I was and, you know, the fact that I was managing urges again, even though I thankfully never did binge and purge, which uh, is like, if I did, I think it'd be an interesting topic to talk about too, like relapses, but it was really hard. But then I had to kind of find my own identity again. And then also humility and the fact that who I thought I was going to be at the start of the year was not who I am now. And she would have no idea. She'd be like, what the hell happened? You know, but all being said, it ended up being one of the best changes ever. Like I was, I haven't been really that happy. I've been happy in some ways, but like that relationship needed to end for sure. No doubt about it. So without saying anything bad, it's just like, wasn't working for either of us. So I feel like now everything that's broken down, having the humility of like, it wasn't meant to be and just accepting that it's made a new pathway for me to be whoever I need to be next year. So I don't know. That's like the biggest reflection I have.
0: That's amazing. Like, I'm so curious as far as like the discrepancy between who you are now in this moment and where this year has taken you versus who you thought you would be. Like if oh. someone had asked uh 2022, December, Jacqueline, like where are you gonna be December 2023? And 2022, Jacqueline described that path or you know, where you thought you were going to be. What 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 kind of Discrepancy, do you think there would be?
1: I thought I'd still be someone who's personally in a committed long term relationship, which just doesn't define me, but it was part of my identity and someone who's like very loyal to this person. And I feel like Jacqueline 2022 thought she had it all figured out and she thought she was pretty stable and like, oh, yeah, I got a lot of things going and like I'm in a good relationship. And and I also thought, like, oh, I'm going to be debt free and I'm going to, um, make all these, imp- I'm going to like have a perfect system for my business and that's going to be aligned. And like, I know how to do that now, all that sort of stuff. And um, I also had the idea of I'm going to be a runner, which I did do, Um, even though I'm like, I'm nursing a little bit of an injury right now, so I can't run right now as much, but I'll get back to it. But anyway, she thought she had everything figured out. She thought she was going to probably get engaged this last year and like all this sort of stuff. And she thought also maybe she was going to look into like being debt-free and investing in a home, that sort of stuff. And I say this, like, people are like, oh, you really didn't work out. But, like, it what ended up happening is through really focusing on stuff, I think what helped kind of break everything down was, like, I really got serious about, like, I'm going to make these changes in my life. And I did make a lot of changes. Like, I improved my business a lot, improved my financials a lot, all that sort of stuff. But then that highlighted a lot of problems that were going on. In my relationship and my other life like once i toned down the drama and other things more stuff got more apparent to me just like when you recover from bulimia right you like start noticing things around you and so then when everything broke down like i had to invest more money into moving and getting myself out of that situation and kind of uphold my life and pivot and then also had to change my motivations for why i wanted to recover because i felt like um my relationship was a big reason that i wanted to recover in the past and now that's not the case so it's like who do I still want to be this recovered person all that sort of stuff but now the Jacqueline that I am I feel like she's much more wild much more free much more like fuck it you know and like has a lot of I'm loving like putting dark humor into my Instagram now and all that sort of stuff and I feel like I just yeah (laughs) it's really fun to me it's really Um, good (laughs) thank you uh but it's it's like sometimes unproductive but it's still fun um the Jacqueline now feels like she's much stronger, smarter, more adaptable, prepared for things to pivot at any time. And she knows a lot more what she wants. I feel like, I don't know if this is making any sense or it's just indulgent at this point, but the Jacqueline beforehand was like much more about like, this is what I should want. And I feel like the Jacqueline now is like, no, this is what I actually want. And this is what I'm actually going to go for, for me and for myself, like, and which is a good feeling. Not that you don't need other people's motivation, but it feels like it's much more about me now.
0: Nice. I'm absolutely stoked to hear it. Like, that sounds really cool. Really, Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) It was a lot. Anyway, what's your biggest lesson of the year?
0: (laughs) An absolutely massive one for me this year has been realizing that I don't need to have everything figured out beforehand. Like, it's that whole cliche of like, the dots don't make sense looking forward thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I've realized that when I Work diligently on what I'm good at and what I enjoy, doors open. I don't need to be working with like a 50,000 point five year plan and knowing exactly where it's going to take me and exactly what's going to happen. Like, I think getting caught up on knowing exactly how we're going to get the things that we want or exactly how we're going to get to where we're going, getting caught up on trying to figure that out too much fucks us so much when really I've definitely found that when I pull the threads on things that I'm interested in and that I'm good at, doors open, paths become clear opportunities that I never would have predicted or expected start to appear so that's a really big one for me is
1: I love what you said about pulling the threads on what you're good at
0: it's yeah. just so
1: simple but so effective and I I find the same too when I try to like make decisions of like this is it's gonna go exactly that way then you get overwhelmed and you're like I have no idea how to do this but when you just pick something that you know it's gonna be good and it like you you know you're gonna like it or something then it works out more often yeah. than not almost like you're meant to do that because you're good at it or something
0: almost like that yeah it's just Weird. it it works so much better than to try and decide ahead of time exactly what it is that you're looking for and then sweat about okay how the fuck am I gonna make that happen you know and of course there is a time and a place for planning I don't mean just being completely gun ho and being like fuck it you know I'm good at puzzles I'm going to go do puzzles and trust that that's going to take me somewhere, you know, <laughs> like.
1: You actually well, become a competitive puzzler or something <laughs> like win competitions.
0: Well, it's, it's not my intention to in any way diminish the noble profession of puzzling, but um, yeah, I think. I, feel, just have, I don't know. I feel like, because
1: we both, we talked about this before. We both experienced hardcore burnout this year. Like we both mm. made progress in our business and we're like, like I feel, figuring it out and then we burnt ourselves into the ground in different oh, ways oh yeah. we're like yeah. oh I figured it out but I'm exhausted and I feel <laughs> terrible <laughs> you know so it's like I think though I was talking with another person about this who also struggles with binge eating and their personality is similar to mine where it's like we go we go into things and we go hard at them and then we have to like correct and pivot and there's some level of you should find a balance you shouldn't get too carried away with things for sure but I do think there's a place for a little bit of overplanning, a little bit of overdoing. And you're just kind of going back and forth between those things, like with the whipped cream thing. I was like, that was a little overdoing it. And now we're back and we're like correcting. And then I'm sure at some point we'll have one more whipped cream moment in the, in the future and then we'll correct it again. Like it's just the way binge eaters, which I feel like even though I'm no longer binge eating, I totally have those tendencies with my life. That's what we do. And it's kind of a cool talent. We explore a lot of things that way.
0: That's a really good way of putting it. A friend of mine at one point was teasing me in my 20s for being, quote, a fuck up for doing all all this crazy shit and, you know, making so many mistakes. But I got sick of being called a fuck up and kind of said, look, I'm engaging in a very strategic and detailed process of elimination that is showing me exactly what I don't want leave me alone. If I keep doing this, I'm eventually going to find the right thing. And I I kind of believe in that a little bit because I've done some really stupid shit. And I've also done some really smart things that turned out to be not quite as smart as I thought. And I've also done some relatively impulsive things or very intuitive kind of feeling based things that turned out to be kind of genius and unless we have the freedom to do this unless we have the freedom to make mistakes and experiment without that massive fear of judgment and without criticizing ourselves too much if we don't have that freedom to do that then we're going to always be confined and i think anyone who's done anything special throughout history kind of understands that that freedom to make mistakes is necessary if we want to do any really cool shit.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's kind of a gambling mindset, right? But like high risk, high reward. And I always see, um, it's not that I want to be a serial entrepreneur, but I think there's a lot to be learned from really big time entrepreneurs, whatever you think of there. Like a lot of them are probably raging sociopathic narcissists, but oh, you yeah. do see like the fact that they, their store they're always like oh yeah i lost all my money at 29 and because i bet it all on this thing but then after that i started this multi-million dollar business and it worked out and then i lost it all again and then i got it again it's like they just what they do is they take these kind of impulsive shots and they think that they might fail but they kind of take that risk and then things work out and then they're just so comfortable with failure you know and Letting everything fall apart. And I think that's what the humility piece I was trying to get at, that long rant is like, you have to take ego out of it. I think that's what a lot of us like when we're feeling failure or making the perfect decision, there's like this ego element of, oh, we have to do it right because our grandma is going to not be proud of us or something. And it's like, or we're not, going to we're going to think we're a failure. And it's really just like, no, you don't know everything. Stop pretending like you know everything and just take your shot and see what Mm. happens. Like you kind of said.
0: Yeah more and more when people quiz me about the you know what we call like the recovery process moving away from binge eating moving away from body dysmorphia it's almost like when I first started working in this space I had a little bit of a whitewashed view of my journey and I was like yeah well I did this and I did this and I did this but in hindsight being real now it was such an imperfect process and there were there were things that I did that weren't textbook that weren't ideal they it may have been three steps forward two steps back kind of situation but mm, yeah and as That's, much as we but
1: that is real that is how it yeah. works I mean maybe That's, this year I like was legit in the grocery store one day wanting to binge in purse. and I was like what's going on but that happens you know it's not linear
0: yeah absolutely what do you feel is something that because you know this episode's going live in december we are literally a few weeks away from social media blowing up with the whole new year new me bullshit that's the face yeah that's the face that we we make to respond to that what do you think we all need to keep in mind in the the upcoming months
1: oh it's good that's a good thing um you I think New Year's is a great time. It's as annoying as it is. And I just mentioned this on my podcast, but like it's almost the end of the year. And I was like, I'm so sorry for saying that. I know you're hearing it <laughs> everywhere, but it is true. It is real. But New Year's, for as cheesy as it is, and all the creepy influencers that are like, here's how you set your all your goals for the next five years and that sort of stuff. It is a good time to reflect. And make new goals and kind of start new. And I think that that energy, while it can be a little bit toxic, I totally indulge in it every year, and it's super fun. And even if you fail miserably at your goals, you will go somewhere. And this year, I had all these goals, and even though I failed at a lot of them, it still pushed me forward and like gave me direction. So I think that's good to go into the new years and be sure to reflect on the good things you did first and the wins. And if you feel like oh your year was a disaster, like come on, give yourself a little grace and like really find some things to be proud of because you've made it this far. So those are the two things for me.
0: I love that. I love that idea of grace and finding some things to be proud of because it it, again ties in with conversations I've had with people recently where they were being really hard on themselves when in reality they've done a lot of things exceptionally well and they've come a long way. It's like, is where they're at right now absolutely perfect? No, of course. Like we're all human. There are still challenges going on, but when we line up where they are now to where they were say eight weeks ago, like, you know, huge difference. So Mm -hmm. I love that, that piece, like always remember to give yourself grace and focus on the things that you did right. Like so, so important.
1: Well, so many people with the New Year's energy too, they just do, they go, they look at only their failures, which you should review. You should review, okay, what didn't work, that sort of stuff, if you're that type of person. But then they're like, okay, what are the next goals? It's like, wait, wait, do you even, do you gonna think for a second about how you're your wets and like what memories you had and what good times you had and what you did well? Like that's, that's just, then you're just on a true rat race and that's not fun. What about you?
0: On kind of a granular level, something I'm going to be working more with directly is uh, providing resources to do with exercise and training because there's so much bullshit out there that overcomplicates that process. And I've had to kind of re-examine my own relationship with exercise recently. i just realized that I was walking into training sessions, gym sessions, all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, I'm so fucking bored of doing reps and sets with this <laughs> yeah. kind of closeted hope in the back of my mind that total strangers are going to think that I look okay when I go to the beach. Like it's, it's right, yeah. fuck, fucking ridiculous. And I realized like pulling back layers on why I'm training and why I I'm walking into the gym. There was still, as far as I've come, there was still a relatively decent inkling of, choosing particular exercises choosing particular ways of training that i wasn't particularly enjoying that i was feeling like neutral about at best and just kind of you know getting through it in the name of managing or controlling you know my my physical appearance not so much in the exchanging exercise for calories eaten or equating it with food because that's Mm -hmm. something that I definitely put away a long time ago because it's very obviously problematic. It's, it's, it's super, super toxic, but the thing that really stuck with me that has been harder to shake has been that almost the echoes of bodybuilder mentality. Like, you know, I'm going to do some sets for my arms and sets for my shoulders and, you know, making sure that that's, yeah. Like the, the vanity lifts, the beach muscles. And, you know, squatting really heavy because that's what I think I should do because I'm a man and I should be able to squat like a fucking car. And it, it yes, just, it's I, a I, requirement. Yeah. It's a, it's an actual requirement. <laughs> and I realized like, Oh my fucking Christ, who am I trying to impress? Like, I just I realized that I was putting myself through these workouts in the name of nothing that I was personally invested in. And over the last couple of months I've streamlined my own approach to training and exercise to include just the things that I want to be doing. And it's been such a great experience that I'm going to create a small resource like I've did with like I did with the um identify your binge triggers and take effective action course. And just create a resource for for this for training that's again going to be like you know 20 quid or whatever.
1: That's super Here's how
0: cool. Here's how to do, uh, you know, really minimalist sessions like eating disorder friendly, disordered eating informed type stuff that doesn't talk about, oh, yeah, burn those calories off. Like, fuck that. Mm -hmm. Just for people who want to be strong, who want to move well and everything, because I've found that so liberating for myself recently just to really put aside this notion of grueling reps and sets in the name of impressing who the fuck. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's something that I'm going to be putting together. And that's definitely my first thing that I'm working on in the new year anyway.
1: Good for you for recognizing it, one, and then letting go of it, too, and then creating something better for yourself. That's like the whole process of this isn't working anymore, listening to yourself, then being like, it's not working anymore, but part of me still wants to hold on and then deciding to let go of it anyway. And mm. then being like, no, we're going to have to do something else that's much more fulfilling. And you're going to learn a lot through that you already have. And then you get to help other people with it too, which is pretty sweet.
0: Thank you. Yeah. It, it's just a question that I ended up asking myself. Like, and I know that I ask other people this question a lot. Like, what kind of movement and what kind of training would you be doing if controlling the size and shape of your body wasn't a factor?
1: Mm, right. And
0: yeah. In the name of not being perfect and acknowledging that we're all human here, something that I've said for a long time is like, okay, if 80% of your motivation is intrinsic, great. But if there's still like a small part of you that's thinking, I'm going to do some extra sets for my fucking glutes or something like that, or some extra sets for my arm, like, you know, fine. And I'm not saying that's wrong. It's, It's totally cool. But I just yeah, realized like I just ahead. realized that more of my motivation than I initially thought was wrapped up in trying to control my body size and shape and everything. Rather than it being 80 20, it was kind of like 50 50 and my workouts right. were just grueling and kind of annoying and yeah, best. Well stuff what's to really do. cool
1: about that though is that you realize the motivation, but the motivation wasn't that motivational for you anymore. So maybe it means that like, oh, I'm doing this for for aesthetics for other people and impressing other people and that's actually not that motivating to me anymore so it's it's kind of cool that it it really wasn't that powerful potent you're growing as a person
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i'm not trying to impress really not trying to impress strangers on the beach anymore which is rad
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it is i it's interesting you say that with exercise so Um, about a month ago now I did my first half marathon and that was very cool, but I definitely strained my hip flexor because my running form wasn't great. And like my hip flexors are apparently super tight. So, (laughs) and then I tried to run last week again and strained it all over again. So like, I'm really taking some time off doing some proper recovery, but it's really, for me also had to kind of change how I approach exercise. And this week I haven't lifted at all uh, other than Sunday. And really what's felt good to me this week is just stretching and walking. And that's all be I nice. have the capacity for. And I had like some shame about that. of like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing, I'm going to lose my muscle volume. all that stuff. And I was like, you know what? This is what feels right to me. I can't, um, I have to, again, have that humility of like, if I keep trying to push it, I will seriously injure my hip flexor mm-hmm. and then I will have to have surgery or something. So like, you need to just let it go and do what your body needs right now. I mean, you asked me that, ask that question to yourself of what would I be doing if, I forget how you phrased it, but like, what would I be doing if I were just working out for myself? It would just Mm. be this week stretching and walking. And that feels like perfect. Feels great. Yeah.
0: Removing the sense of obligation, I guess, like, you know, removing that sense of, oh, I'm training and uh, doing any particular session until I feel like I've done enough. Like that, that whole thing gets really problematic i'm I'm working out until i feel like i've done enough or i'm trying to hit a certain minimum requirement or whatever and it just after a while that becomes like you know if if someone is into it like people like lane norton for example training is mm-hmm. like his favorite thing in the world it's what he does yeah it's like yeah great awesome that's not me though especially anymore yeah. so it's like well all right, let's at some let's point adapt.
1: maybe maybe like if we want to go back to bodybuilding, we can. I see eighty year olds all the time, they're just jacked and it's like, wow, you can build you can do it, you know. Maybe they're on some drugs, but at eighty, who cares, you know, whatever. <laughs> um we made it that far. <laughs> but um it's like it will always be there. Of course, people sometimes are crazy about like when you're in your twenties or in your thirties, is the way you can make maximal gains, but it's like, dude, it's not unless you're a competitor and you're trying to be mr olympia is it really that big of a deal probably not um, mm. just do what works best for you yeah i gotta yeah i have an appointment in like four minutes so sure. classic over scheduling i this friday was supposed to be free for me when i scheduled it with you no appointments and then yeah. somehow i say that somehow it was my fault but everyone got into my schedule today which sucks i need to repair my car today it's like has some weird smell going on with it so that's gonna be fun and then i have to go christmas shopping anyways but it's been fun talking with you marcus
0: it's been awesome <laughs> catching up with you um happy holidays to everyone who's listening we'll yeah. see you in the happy holidays UK.
1: everyone listening i hope that you enjoyed this episode between us i think it was fun
0: <laughs> Cool. we'll catch you soon yeah.
1: yeah bye marcus thanks for the collab.